garlic, 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 garlic. Welcome to Brose. Can't get enough of my golden crisp. <laughs> my name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros and Rose on an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everybody. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hello. And on an audio feed reporting live, getting an early head start Memorial Day at a beach in Cape May County, it's Tim Hansen. <laughs> Why are all the beaches closed? Gonna <laughs> <laughs> be open in uh, seven days. Yeah, according to to Governor Murph, <sighs> with, with yep. social dis- social distancing guidelines, which no one's gonna follow. No, no. Listen, I pointed this out on Twitter. I can think of no um, better way to to go about reintroducing social distancing than by reopening the beaches. Uh, during the most one of the most popular holiday weekends of the year, uh, and having it be the first weekend that people who have been locked inside for two months uh, get to go outside, so there's you know I don't see any problem with it. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I think the biggest problem is like so I think you know Richie's being sarcastic about people not following social distancing, but like I just think it's unreasonable to expect people to be able to after having <laughs> been cooped up. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not so much that I I even I mean I'm pretty down on people these last couple of weeks, but like even where I am in my pessimism, like I'm yeah. still like these, there's just going to be so many fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't. Well, yeah, it, it, it's exactly that. It's, it's, and- it's two months. It's a bit, people have been locked inside for two months. You have a bunch of beach goers and people who are trying to use their vacation homes who are frustrated. And during a weekend where there's predominantly a lot of drinking on the beach, uh, I can see some issues. I can see some issues. But, but also on top of that, um, Nothing's going to be open because a majority of the boardwalk is uh, run through um, uh, 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 foreign exchange. Uh, I love how we've already gone off on a tangent and we haven't even finished our introductions. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, and Tim Hansen. (laughs) There we go. Uh, We got starved. Starved. Please talk. (laughs) Feed me, Seymour. Feed me, Seymour. Welcome to the Brose Podcast, everyone. (laughs) Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, Guys, we're on session 29 of the Brose Podcast. 29 times uh, on the low end of things that we have convened drank rosé, and answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything, uh, which is what we do because that's the premise of our show. Is this our 85th episode? Uh, ballpark? Yeah, sure. Uh, Wait, this is 28 or 29? 29. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah, this is 29. 85. Yeah, so we're at 85 now. 85 in the in, in the show canon. Uh, you know, this is the show proper. Of course, we've had uh, some one-offs. We've had uh, some bonus episodes. We've had uh, the Golden Brobes Awards. Uh, so, so, you know, but, but yeah, as far as all new original down the line, part of the main storyline of Brose, this is the 85th episode. Holy shit. We're octogenarians guys. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> Finally did it. Finally, uh, 
can retire in this new America at age 85. Still got my original hip and everything. This is awesome. Oh, <laughs> oh man, if you want to get that new hip. Every, all the, my, both my grandmothers said that their life was changed when they got, I'm sorry, not the new hip, the new knee. Uh, I don't know about yeah. the new hip. Uh, but the new knees, my, my aunt, the new knees are all the rage. I can't wait till I get my new. I'm gonna have to. I know I can feel it. Yeah, I'm thinking about getting a head and just being like, "Yo, pop them out now." <laughs> Give me that cybertronic knee. I'm surprised with your lopsided legs. You haven't had to get one already. Well, I played baseball mm. for 18 years. Like, and I was the catcher. I'm gonna need new knees when I'm older. Yeah. But it's already already when it's raining. I'm like, up. Oh, it's gonna rain. The bar- the barometric pressure in my knees. Yeah. You just see that, like a bubbling on the top of your kneecap. Like, oh, there it goes. That, that's that's me with my ankles. Um, you'd have to talk to my mom about the hip. She has a new hip. So. You know, guys. Tim was joking about the octogenarian thing. We're like, oh, it's my ankle that does that. No, it's my knee. <laughs> you actually have to do this. This is excellent content. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about the wines that we're drinking uh, before we get into the questions. Uh, who wants to go first? Tim, you go first. You sound so excited to talk about it. I really wasn't, but... Uh, <laughs> so mine is called Kim Crawford. I don't know if that's one we've done. I think it's uh, a New Zealand one, right? It sounded familiar, but honestly, it was the only one at Giant that I know for a fact we haven't had. I feel like we can give it. ourselves a pass while we're on quarantine, forgetting what we can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially I mean, in Pennsylvania when I can't walk into a liquor store. Exactly. Oof. So how do you uh, like it so far? Uh, it's not bad. The The description's kind of uh, pompous, in my opinion. Our very special dry rosé, affectionately known as Pansy. Nowhere on this bottle except for right there does it say Pansy, so I, it's just called Kim Crawford. Did you find that sentence to be particularly affectionate? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, known as Pansy for its vivacious and vibrant character. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 yada, yada, bullshit. It, <laughs> Jeez. It's not bad. It's not Salty. as dry. It's not as dry as I was expecting since it says dry rosé on the front. But uh, it's got a little bit of fruit, a little bit of watermelon. Not bad. All right. Not bad. How about you, Rich? What are you drinking? I am drinking the Peth. 2018 California Rosé. Um, it's it's pretty pretty good, but it's got a strong like I guess high tannins, strong mouthfeel at the end mm-hmm. that like I kind of like mouthfeel. like like have to like take a step back after I drink it. Flavor is fine, but mouthfeel is rough. I'm right. trying to I'm trying to make this segment a little bit more got that mouthfeel, baby. Um, yeah. Professional. You're here first. Mouthfeel <laughs> rough to Rich Sweeten. Uh, <laughs> Sean, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Behringer Main and Vine White Merlot. Uh, it's incredibly sweet. Mary and I used to have this thing on uh, Mondays where her parents would come over when we lived across the street from her parents. Her parents would come over on Mondays and we just all would just get wasted on mm-hmm. wine. And White Merlot was Mary and my drink of choice. It is incredibly sweet. And... Uh, it's fine, uh, you know. I, it's it's juice. So if you like juice, you mm. like you like this and get a little bit tipsy. I love yeah. juice. Mm-hmm. Okay, get a little knackered on juice. Uh, I am drinking Silence Rosé. Shh, it is uh, a a Luberon Rosé, and uh, the tasting notes on the back say, "Shh, listen to the silence of the Luberon Mountain that invites to serenity, tranquility into the Provençal." 
art de vivre. Uh, then it takes a turn. By choosing this curve, you will go on a hedonist getaway. <laughs> uh, so uh, if you're into hedonist getaways, uh, yeah, this possibly could be the wine for you. Uh, it is it is perfectly acceptable. Uh, it is on the drier side of things, which is is my cup of tea. Um, but even as far as the dry rosés go, it's it's fine. It's it'll it'll do the trick. Uh, it is a 13% alcohol bro volume, which is all that I need to know about on this Friday night. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rich, you have the first round of questions, correct? Yes, I do. All right. Of course, you can email them to brosequestions at gmail.com if you want us to answer your questions on the air. Uh, what is our first question, Mr. Sweden? First question is, what show, movie, or video game did you get into long after the hype only to find out that you didn't get the hype. This is submitted by Molly Craig. Hmm. So you didn't get the hype. Oh, I, I know. I know off the top of my off the top of me dome. It was Borat. Mm. So <laughs> I saw I saw Borat in theaters, but like three weeks after everyone had been like hyping it up. I remember seeing it and I thought it was, you know, funny. It was it was decent at the time. Mm. I don't know if it holds up, but like I remember seeing it and coming out of the theater and being like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get why everyone is, is like, it's quotable, I guess, but it wasn't like that good. I was, I came out of it like, okay, <laughs> I've seen it. And it might've just been because I had heard, like, I think part of that movie at the time was how many boundaries it pushed. And a lot of like the laughing was like, oh, I can't believe he did that. But after you've heard about everything that he had done, you're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Like it became part of the, it became like. I don't know, like a cultural touchstone. And so like the references almost. Yeah. It was just like, okay. It was, yeah. It was like when you see the, when a trailer shows the entire movie and they watch the movie, like, okay, nothing Mm -hmm. surprises you. It was exactly that. And I was just like, I don't get why everyone loves Borat so much. This is, Hmm. this is my, my take on Borat. (laughs) 12 (laughs) years after it came out. (laughs) I, I actually can uh, agree with that. I've seen it like once or twice. And I just, I was like, all right, I laughed, but like, it's not as quotable as like say Anchorman or something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it was uh, it was definitely a product of its time, and that was like the shocking thing because that was all yeah, offshoot of Sasha Baron Cohen's Ali G show, and that was his whole bit was taking people, you know, having a script, but having you know basically implementing it in front of people who aren't part of the script. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, catching people off guard. This is a. Uh, is like mid Bush term as well, so I think that was it, you know getting a lot of you know conservative Southerners to yeah. say insulting things. So that was part of the shock value, and and uh, surprise is not really that shocking anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Rich, have you seen uh, something that you watched much after the hype and didn't get the hype? Not nothing that I can think of. The only thing that comes to mind, but I have not watched it yet, so it doesn't really count. Is um. Uh, uh, Breaking Bad. I, huh. I don't. I I have no interest in watching it. There is major hype behind it, and I'm just like, I don't care. So this is different. This is this is you haven't watched it. You've yeah. heard the hype, and you just don't give a shit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I can see that. There are a bunch of shows that I've I've had that are like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's Tim. that's that's my take on Breaking Bad. <laughs> Fuck Breaking Bad. <laughs> haven't seen it. Probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, what about you? Uh, well, in defense of Sean, I've all, I've never seen Borat because it's like 
the first time I heard the joke, it's like, oh yeah, that sounds pretty funny. The second time I heard the joke, I'm like, it's already not funny anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just never bothered watching it because I figured I heard everything I needed to hear. Uh, But as far as like something I watched later and didn't get the hype was uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Like, Mm. that's a a popular Mm. pick. I, I can't finish the film. It's not funny. (laughs) <laughs> it's very specific yeah, yeah. I, it's just it's odd not because funny. I, it's odd because i read that it, i read I, I saw it the first time I'm like oh, this is dumb and then i saw it the second time and for some reason the second time I'm like oh my god this is hilarious and and now i watch it now and it's like fine it's it's an okay it's, movie it's it's, an, it's it tickles a nostalgia bone for me now mm. or i guess i don't know why yeah. i said yeah like it hits a nostalgia thing for me but i i understand it's definitely not it's one of those things, like, I'll watch a YouTube video, and I'll show Mary, and she won't laugh, and I'm like, okay, this is, like, the niche part of my humor that's fine. <laughs> that It's like, it, it brings joy to me. Not everyone needs to like it. <laughs> I, I think it was just, like, similar to Borat. It was a product of its time, and, it, like, of the time of Napoleon Dynamite, it was very, like, dry humor. Mm. And I thought the movie was great back then, but, like, I don't think I could sit there and watch it now and laugh the same as I could back then and tim this never just never struck a nerve with you or anything no i mean and and i saw it like when it first came out on dvd so it's not like it was years later and i was just that far behind and out of the loop of the current humor it's just like i don't understand why anyone finds this funny and dry humor is great like i the, some of my favorite stuff is like that because it's just like so deadpan and it's just like what the actual fuck but this just it napoleon dynamite just felt like it was trying so fucking hard that it wasn't funny Hmm. that's how it came across to me it's like you're trying so hard to be nonchalant that it's just too much Hmm. i think the 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 one thing that's that's coming to mind for me is oz uh you guys remember oz is the show in the late 90s on hbo it was like the first like real edgy hbo original program I mean, it, was, it was around the, the same time of like the sopranos right where yeah, it was, it, it it was like, like when like, everyone was talking about like that the wire and the sopranos i think yeah, so people I think, yeah, still talk about the wire yeah i think i think the order of it went oz then the sopranos and then the wire as far as uh just for, chrono- chronologically mm-hmm. um Oz, I watched about two or three episodes of, and, and listen, J.K. Simmons in it, so it can't be that bad. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it was one of those things that's like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this on cable in you know nineteen ninety eight. I think it was, um, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't didn't do it for me. I, I mean, the the I don't need to see many more shows about prison. Uh, my my wife watched uh, Orange Is the New Black and like binge watched it years after the fact. This is the 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 you know, a different issue where she, she watched it much later on after the show had aired and loved it and, and binge the whole thing. But I'm just like, I, I'm good on prison shows. Like I, I don't need to see anymore. Um, and mm-hmm. I think Oz falls into that category. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> late, late pick, uh, final fantasy seven. I do not Ooh. care. For, I do not care for it at all. I think Ooh. it's, I think it is fine. Uh-huh. I think, I, I think that if you didn't play it when it came out or right around then, you don't give a shit. It's it is so this I know this is we're not at hot takes yet, but like honestly, I've played a lot of Final Fantasies and Final Fantasy Seven is like one of my lower tiers. Interesting. I sure. I I hear that a lot from a lot of people. You're not the only one. Mm-hmm. It's it's because it was the first mainstream Final Fantasy game in the United States. Yeah. And that's I'll, why it's so big. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, I get it. I understand. I understand the hype. I understand why it was important. I just don't think it's that great a game. I think it's clunky. I think the like the materia system is dumb. I think uh, I don't think the story is particularly good. I think it was great that they did that super cool twist. Spoiler alert from game that came out two de- two and a half decades ago uh, when they killed Eris, right? Like that's. <gasps> That's it's it's great, but also it did what? Inc- incredibly, incredibly infuriating. Because uh-huh. if you put a lot of if you put a lot of time into like ma- like Max and your white mage, guess what, idiot? Now you don't have her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, a counter argument. The lucky thing about that is she gets taken out maybe uh, a quarter to a third of the way through the game. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have it's her to the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, but but still. But that makes sense, Sean, and it's really funny because if you look back on it, even for people who love the game, it's mm-hmm. very different. You can feel all of those things, but it's that nostalgia that keeps you loving it. Exactly. Uh, but it's also it's also a game that was rushed to market and has so many known glitches mm-hmm. that they're like literally there's emails that have come out where they're like, "Wait, it's working? Don't touch it." Well, there's all this stuff that doesn't quite work. <laughs> Don't fucking touch it. We keep breaking it. And there's like certain things in the game that just, oh, this item is supposed to modify your special, special magic defense. Literally none of them work. Special magic defense is not a thing that actually works in the game. (laughs) And just like little things like that, that no one knows about until you go looking at it. Yeah, it really is interesting because it is again. It's the seventh entry in the series. I, I honestly didn't play this game until a couple of years ago for the first time. Uh, but it's interesting. It's the seventh game of the series, but it is as as Rich alluded to the the big breakthrough in North America and was like you know, one of the greatest selling PlayStation games of all time. And the story is incredible. Or, excuse me, not, maybe not the story is incredible, but it it, it well, I, I mean, you can that's that's part. a valid that's a valid take. I'm not. I would never take that away from people. Like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy is like for other people like my like Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time. Like I understand that those are flawed games too, but that was, I played those at the same time people were playing this game. And so for mm. me, that's kind of the gold standard, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like story in like storytelling and yeah. gameplay and whatever. But you know, I, that's just, that there's my hot take. We have been, <laughs> I'm final fantasy, bad, boring. Final, bad. Final, final fantasy seven specifically. Boom. I've played, I love Final Fantasy. It's what it's one of my favorite series. Is there, Final Fantasy there's, next, yeah. there's so many good Final Fantasy games that we could constantly go on to the on about them. But instead, we're going to go on to the next question. Thank you. All right. Good move. Um, next question: What is your favorite Disney song to sing along with? Mine is uh, "Zero to Hero" from Hercules, uh, submitted by Reese. Good question by Reese. That is a that is an I'm, interesting but good pick on the song. Hercules is maybe most underrated music in a Disney movie. I think. Yeah, because it's all about like soul and Motown influence mm-hmm. music so for for, nice. for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> this Greek why, this Greek it. tragedy or uh, this Greek epic. Um, okay, so what's your favorite Disney song to sing? There's, uh, I mean, we've all sung "Make a Man Out of You." Like on the podcast, we love it. Yeah, we we did, we did. I was gonna Uh, be my pick, but now I'm gonna pick something else. uh, I mean, that's that's not my official pick, but I'm just saying we've done it. Mm -hmm. I would have to go, um, uh, friend like me in 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 Aladdin. That is a very good song. It also has like almost no singing in it. 
<laughs> it, it's just Robin Williams like scatting. <laughs> well, you know what? And that's what makes dude. it more fun because you can just make up the lyrics as you go on. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just a fun song. And there was when uh, after after he passed away, uh, the Broadway or off-Broadway, I don't know, whatever, show, uh, whatever theatrical um, showing that they have of it now mm-hmm. handed out the lyrics to that song. So that everyone in the audience could sing along with it mm. after he had passed away. You know, I, I have a quick point to make about that because Robin Williams is obviously the, the the gold standard as as far as the genie goes. But they, as you said, Rich, they've they had a Broadway Aladdin, and they had uh, obviously the new Aladdin that came out within the last what year and a half or so with Will Smith as the genie. And yeah. it's interesting because Robin Williams, of course, was fantastic as the genie. And then reviews of the Broadway show, because my wife and I went to it a couple years ago, and I was looking up reviews just to see if it was actually worth the money. And uh, they were like, oh, my God, the genie's incredible. And then the reviews came out for the new Aladdin. And it was like, oh, my God, Will Smith is the genie is incredible. Maybe the genie's just a good character, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe what? it's not like, these. Not all these guys are just knocking it out of the park well, as the genie. Maybe it's just funny to have in this serious, you know, Arabian night. Uh, you know, Arabian Tale kind of thing. You just have this wacky genie who can do whatever the hell he wants. Maybe that's just a good character. <laughs> well, I I also attribute it to at least in the new movie compared to the original cartoon, um, the genie is different. Like Will Smith does not try to portray uh, Robin Williams. Will Smith portrays mm-hmm. a genie as an, like as his own character. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I I can't I can't agree with that more. It's it was more. It's just you know you, you have the one character who's funny in a movie that's mostly full of serious players then yes that that character is going to uh, get, get a little more praise mm-hmm. um that is a good that is a great song though uh sean what's your favorite disney song to say is it man out of you make a man out of you no only because we sing that all the time so i think that's like the brose pick but i would <laughs> i would say the one that comes up most often is i want to be like you from the jungle book for some reason that's always Ooh. stuck in my head I good, just think too. about it. I don't know why, and I do, and I sing the trumpet parts. I I friggin' love that song. I don't really like <laughs> the Jungle Book that much specifically, but I love that song, and it's just it's it's always in my head a little bit. How about you, Tim? What's your favorite Disney song to sing? Uh, I mean, I kind of sing whatever Martha is singing, honestly, <laughs> just <laughs> just to make her happy. Leave me alone. Um. <laughs> the the one that I think has been resonating with me since the movie came out has been uh, "Show Yourself" from Frozen Two. Like, even though that is very clearly out of my range, I just drop it like two and a half octaves <laughs> so I can sing it. Uh, but it, it's just two and a half <laughs> sarcasm, duh. But um, that's like the sound of you like putting your fist on a desk. <laughs> two and a half octaves low. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's, it's, it's when you sing Exactly, but the opposite. Um, so it's it's just such a powerful song, and how it plays into the movie, it it just builds so awesomely. I love it. I can't I can't get it out of my head most mm-hmm. times. Once it's in there, I'm like, fuck, this is gonna be a long three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite is probably "You Got a Friend in Me" from Toy Story. Uh, it's just such an easy, friendly <laughs> melody. 
Yeah, it's it's it's, 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 it's in the Robin Williams barely stinging vein of Rand, of uh, Randy Newman just being like, um, it's 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 such an easy melody. They've used it a million different ways. Like you can hear it as like a motif in different Toy Story movies. Like even if it's not the song itself, but like they'll play like the notes from it when it's a Woody and Buzz moment or something. It's just a great melody, a good tune. It's an introduction to. Uh, you know, this very colorful world in one of the, you know, for, in the first like major uh, computer animated film, you know, ever really. It's it's a it's a good song and I, it's easy for me to sing. I really like it. And uh, there you go. Done. Boom. You got a friend of me. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw out an honorable mention of um, Just Can't Wait to Be King. That's uh, good, too. Good, good tune. So, what L- is that Lion song? So many good songs. It does. Well, Elton John. What's that song <laughs> yeah. from um, Robin Hood? Do you know what I'm talking about? The one he's like whistling? S- no, there's like a song they sing in Robin Hood. It might just be like in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. Oh, no. Hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to see how quickly I can find it. The only Robin Hood <laughs> song I know is not from that one, and it's Men at Dites. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I, I know that Oodle one. Lely? This one's a- yeah, that song is really good. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. it's a little bit problematic now in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty, um, but I still like Zippity Doodah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like just if you remove all of the the stuff around Song of the South, uh, it's a it's a good little tune. It's easy to sing. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. But uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep. Any other thoughts on Disney songs to sing? Uh, does does the uh, main theme to Kingdom Hearts count? Oh no. my god, uh, I listen yeah. to that every fucking day. Dude, that song is so good. It is so good. <laughs> Even Sanctuary from the second one, that's pretty good too, but nothing. Oh my god. I, uh, for, for serious, that's not a joke. I, it sounds like a joke. I listen to it every day. It's on It's on my Spotify most played. The Kingdom Hearts, uh, what, one Simple and, and, and Clean or whatever? Yeah, Simple and Clean by, I think it's like Utara Kitade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's That's a solid pick. But no, it doesn't count for Disney. It doesn't count, but it's so good. I tried. Uh, I tried. What's our next question, Rich? The next question is: um, Are are movies, uh, are movie theaters boycotting Universal a good thing in the long run? Submitted by uh, John Tersich. Now, is this um, because of was it Trolls World Tour? I yes. think so. Oh, it's, okay. it's not because of Trolls World Tour. It's, it's because, because of AMC you, saying, fuck it, you. Yeah. Well, it's because mm-hmm. Universal has come out and said, we're probably going to do this from now on to where mm-hmm. AMC and Regal, I know specifically AMC, I don't know if it was one other, have just mm-hmm. turned around and said, well, fuck you. We're not playing your, 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 your movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, Universal is um, Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's that's the only one that's coming to mind right now. But that's some of the biggest blockbusters. Yeah, I can't and money makers. A, I can't imagine that's a good move for AMC. You know what no. I mean? Like, because movie theaters are already really hurting because of the online market. Why would you do? You're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit, I think. And and with everything going on with uh, the virus, AMC might not even make it out of all of this. Mm-hmm. They're they're potentially going to just completely go bankrupt before like if they don't reopen by august i believe it was 
they can't. They're not going to be able to open back up. So a bummer for those gift cards I have. Yeah, yeah, they people who might actually lose their jobs and their livelihood. But most yeah. importantly, my gift cards. I mean, I got like well, thirty. Bucks I think it, it might be it might be a kind of a renaissance for like more indie type because you'll have these vacant giant movie theaters. You can charge a decent amount of money to be like, hey, you want to see freaking Gone with the Wind? on a 50 inch screen hell yeah man like i i, I have to assume there's a you know you want because i when i was in college i would go watch like old cary grant movies with whoever i was trying to date at that time <laughs> hey yo by the like, way john i really enjoyed that one particular cary grant movie that yeah, we, when we saw arsenic and old lace it was really a night to remember oh but, man <laughs> it was like i am i imagine that i honestly don't really care if amc goes out of business <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the extent of my caring about that particular movie chain is that my goddaughter got me and my wife uh, for Christmas a bucket to an, of AMC uh, popcorn bucket for a Christmas gift, and it gets you a discount on popcorn. And so that's really going to, you know, I'm, obviously <laughs> haven't been out to the movie theater uh, in the last two months, but uh, but if they, if they don't come back, I'm, I'm not going to use that popcorn bucket anymore. And that's going to be fun. <laughs> at, at, least, at least you have the collective, the, the, the memorative popcorn bucket. It's true. Uh, it's, it's, it's the memory of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a low quality popcorn bucket that's just taking up space in our cabinet now. But I don't want to get rid of it on the off chance that we can still get like a five dollar <laughs> bucket of popcorn uh, later in the year. Uh, Tim, do you have any thoughts on the uh, the AMC uh, Universal spat? Um, I mean, the the market was clearly going to be changing anyway. Universal and other production companies were already looking at direct to home and stuff like that. But like Sean already touched on, movie theaters are already taking a hit. The market's already moving away from movie theaters. I like it as an option. Like, going to see an epic movie on a big screen is still an unreplaceable um, or irreplaceable, whatever English word is proper to use at this juncture, uh, experience. Like, you can't replace that unless you shell out a fuck ton of money to install that in your house, which... I eventually will, but not at this juncture. Um, so, I mean, it sucks, but it's AMC thinking they have more power than they do. And ultimately, Universal's probably just going to be like, I mean, we're still going to do this, but here. We'll still throw movies at you, and they're going to be like, we're not going to play them. They're going to say, well, fuck it. People are going to pay to watch it at home. Yeah. Honestly, so either AMC sucks it up, or they're going to go out of business if they survive COVID anyway. Well, uh, like... Truthfully, what what will probably happen? I mean, best case scenario, you know, we reopen, everything's fine. But what will probably happen is because people are re- ignoring social distancing guidelines, we're going to end up having to do this for longer. AMC is probably going to go out of business, and then you know, Universal is just going to buy them. Yeah. Right. Mm. Oh. Because I assume they're not taking that big of a hit. Like you just buy them for a song, and then you can play your movies all you want for free, and just yeah. take the take the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. like turning AMC into a, like a universal exclusive movie. Exactly, show like, that, that wouldn't be ridiculous. That's the 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 bad thing about the theater industry is you lose money if people don't buy concessions. Mm-hmm. If I were to go to a movie theater and see Jurassic World three when that comes out, and not buy concessions when I go, the movie theater lost money on. Yeah, I think popcorn is sold at like a. 1400% markup or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Universal can easily just like, 
loaded up and like, well, we're not losing money by playing these movies because yeah, we're already going to be playing them. They're yeah. just making it. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I on, but on, I don't really care. AMC is not a great company. I worked there for a year or so. They, I mean, uh, this was like over a decade ago, but they weren't great to work for then. I can't imagine they've gotten much better. Yeah, because they're struggling. So, setting aside the ethics of of whether it'd be good for like as far as vertical integration is concerned to have AMC own both the uh, the production. I'm sorry, U- Universal. Uh, be the company that makes the movie and also own a movie theater. Uh, setting that <laughs> aside, uh, the the only real take that I've got as far as this this is concerned, I read about this a couple of weeks ago, and I, and the the article that I read mentioned that the AMC and the uh, the North American uh, National Association of Theater Owners uh, was was going to bat against Universal over this. The National Association of Theater Owners, otherwise known as NATO, and my only take is we've already got, we've got one too many things called NATO, uh, <laughs> like. I'm sorry, but like, because it was, it was like I was reading like a, it was like a like a like an industry journal or an industry website or something like that, and they just started throwing around NATO, NATO, NATO at the beginning <laughs> because it's people who read about theater stuff reading this particular blog, and my and I'm my first thought was, wow, this seems like small potatoes for NATO to be uh, dealing with this particular problem, uh, and I looked it up. The National Association of Theater Owners uh, was founded in 1948. Uh, the North American Treaty Organization, or, or I'm sorry, North American North Atlantic North North Atlantic Treaty Organization, uh, or NATO, uh, was founded in 1949. So technically, <laughs> the theater company uh, as uh, the, the theater group has has dibs. And my response to that is, uh, don't care. Uh, <laughs> yet change your name. I'm sorry. Uh, the more important NATO established themselves shortly afterwards. Uh, you got to change your name. There's a million things you could call it. You're you're. <laughs> This is this is a dick swinging move to not change your name from NATO to France. <laughs> That's my take. Uh, any other thoughts, or shall we move on? Let's move on. <laughs> Which was our next question? And I just realized, Matt, you haven't been ending every segment with uh. That's just how it goes. <laughs> what are you gonna? What are you gonna I'm do? Not, I'm not what nearly drunk enough for that. <laughs> I had just given up all hope at that point. I was just, I was like three sheets to the wind. I was just like, oh, you know what? Well, fuck it. What are you going to do full, <laughs> for every full, single full dis- take? Full disclosure, I just listened to that episode today, and that's why it's that fresh is, in my head. What a stupid I, bit. I can't believe I did that for a whole episode. I loved it. I loved it. It made me laugh every single time. What's wild about these episodes, like I always, I almost always listen to the episodes as they come out because like. I just want to see how we did or if there's anything we can like, you know, you listen to the game game tape. Yeah. But with these ones specifically, I don't remember recording them at all. Like every, (laughs) every episode is a full on adventure for me. I'm like, Oh my God, what what are these rascallions going to be saying this week? (laughs) These rascallions engaging in chicanery. and (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, What do we got, Rich? Next question. Um, Do you use Instacart or a similar service? Why or why not? No. Why? Why not? <laughs> Explain. Uh, <laughs> Explain. So, so the reason we don't use Instacart is because we actually tried to use Instacart a couple of years ago, uh, maybe about a year and a half at this point, uh, before all this went down. And uh, we used Instacart because it's just like a time-saving thing. It costs like a couple extra bucks uh, per, for for groceries, but it was like, oh, you know, it'll save us some time. It saved me like an hour a week, you know. So, uh, so I started doing it and basically we, we, you know, as if, for anyone who hasn't used this service before, it's, you know, it's a grocery delivery service. You make a list of groceries, you can update it throughout the week and schedule a time for somebody to go, uh, collect your groceries and then drop them off at your house. And what would happen is 
we got this one guy. I think his name was Alan. And I, I, don't, I don't think mm-hmm. I'm blowing up his spot. It's an Alan in Cherry Hill. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I believe that's his name. And and so this guy would uh, got our grocery list and one week and was just he couldn't he said he couldn't find half the stuff that we asked for. And uh, it, it was just like, you know, basically half the stuff. It was just like, oh, I can't find it. Can't find a replacement. You know, I found, you know, there's no sour cream. So instead I got you like frozen milk or something. And I'd have to text him back real quick at my job. Like, don't get us frozen milk. We don't need that. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, but that's bizarre that he couldn't find half the stuff that we wanted. But OK, fine. Um, and so the next week uh, we, we set up a grocery delivery again. And same dude, Alan, uh, <laughs> got our grocery list. And couldn't find half the stuff. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. And so after he delivered the groceries, I went to the Wegmans around the corner and found everything that he couldn't find. Uh, and so I was just like, this motherfucker <laughs> like just just gave up like halfway through on all of this stuff. So I was like, nah, forget it. Uh, and so I uh, and then he screwed up something else. I can't remember what it was. We, we got a different person the next week and they screwed something. So basically they couldn't find half the shit we were asking for. And then I immediately found it. I'm like, well, if I'm going to have to go in and do it myself. Just gonna do it myself then. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was my my experience with Instacart. What about you guys? I don't use it, um, just because at the moment, since still being unemployed and quarantine, I only go food shopping every two weeks, and that's the only time I get out of my house. Mm. So I kind of need it for my sanity to go food shopping myself. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, Tim, do you use uh, Instacart or anything like that? Uh, no. So for the most part, it was either I would stop at one of the grocery stores I pass on my way home um, because I'm I was already going to work every day, or and that was like maybe once a week. Or uh, Martha would use it when she was wasn't working. She would use it as her opportunity to get out of the house for the week uh, and go shopping because she was home playing Animal Crossing for weeks. Uh, so yeah, and plus we just never we just never put the effort into figuring out how to set it up because I'm a lazy fuck. <laughs> uh, now, Sean, I, you guys use a grocery delivery service we, uh, on we normal basis because so we've Mary and I had to quarantine before everyone had to quarantine because we were exposed to somebody like through a freaking grapevine. So like. Initially, it was and it was also like right when everything was going down, it was the best way to get food. Because rather than us go to, you know, 40 different stores, it was easier just to be like, we'll put out four Instacart orders with what we want throughout the next two or three weeks. And one of them will be able to get the shit that we're asking for. Mm. And it's also like a, a, a moderate convenience. Um, I, I think once everything once once the the country opens up for realsies i think our instacart use will drop dramatically because there's no reason for us but as it stands right now i think it's for us it's just like another step of us quarantining because mary still has to go to work to do food distribution for the group homes that uh she services so like we're still not completely self-isolating as we should be so sure so I mean, it's convenient. It's also hella convenient. Oh yeah, it's awesome. the The yeah. other, the only thing I've had with um with the last couple of weeks is I did try and and see if we could get Instacart 
uh, deliveries for groceries in the interest of social distancing and, and limiting our exposure to the world. Uh, and there's just no times because everybody's ordering deliveries. It is wild now that it's like you you'll set up a time and the time will be like sometime next week, which I think which mm-hmm. would be bad. Generally, that's a very bad business model. But right now, everyone's at home. So I think it's I think that's also part of it. Like we're home all the time. So if we're just like we need groceries sometime this week and they're like, all right, it'll come between Thursday and Tuesday. You're like, OK, uh, well, Saturday is not going to work yeah. for me. I'll, I'll be here. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's somebody's mm-hmm. going to be here. It's fine. We did, I think, right off the bat when everyone was going crazy and buying toilet paper, we did like stock up on like non-perishables. So we do have like a backlog of stuff just in case. But like, Hmm. I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of it because I just think it seems exploitative to me. But like, uh, you do what you got to do right now. What seems exploitative? I don't know. I think it's just like, I think, I think part of it's like what you're saying, Matt, where it's just like, I would rather just do it myself. Or have a person employed by the store do it than some random person like an Uber. I don't know why. Something about it feels icky. They but, don't give them a ton uh, as far as like on a on an hour to hour basis. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's not a full time job. They treat them like contractors. There's a reason exactly. that they were striking a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, they, they don't treat them on an hour to hour basis. Uh, you know, that's not phenomenal pay for what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Yeah, it's it, for me, it's the same thing. Like, I, I'd rather just pick out what I want, um, mm-hmm. you know, and do the the dumb thing where I go hungry and then I I show up and be like, well, actually, you know what I want to make? I want to make pan fried noodles, <laughs> and <laughs> and I want to make curry, and yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make uh, fried chicken, and I'm gonna and then just you know and then you know a, a eighty dollar grocery store run becomes like yeah. you know a, a two hundred dollar disaster. But uh, <laughs> that's what I, that's what I come home with is like little Debbie oatmeal pies or whatever i'm like i've not eaten these since seventh grade but i saw them and i am hungry right now man when are you ever going to use hoisin sauce like hopefully a bunch (laughs) over the next couple of weeks because i just bought like a tub of it that's that's uh my current problem with only going food shopping every two weeks is i don't make as many fresh meals it's mm-hmm. it's usually like something frozen or like i have a, a a tray of baked mac and cheese in my in my fridge that i've been eating all week because it's yeah like, that's what I had, and I don't get like the fresh veggies and the fresh herbs mm. in in my meals as often as I used to, and it just sucks. Yeah. It's hit or miss now to, to yeah. do stuff like that. You guys been cooking anything fun? Uh, you know, I, I, that that's been my release is cooking at the end of the week uh, to to get out. You know, after work and you know everything. Uh, have you guys been cooking anything I've, interesting? I've I've made pizza a few times and calzones. Um, and I made bread last week, but it went bad super fast and grew mold, and I'm super upset. Mm. Oof. That sucks. Uh, yeah. Tim, yeah, you been making anything interesting? Uh, no, since Martha's been out of work, she's been doing most of the, uh, cooking. She's been doing different experimentations. Pretty much if it's not red mm. meat, uh, I'm not cooking it. Or that's how it has <laughs> been. Because she's just, but I make a fucking great steak. Just, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's done like chicken and biscuits, different kinds of lasagnas, different kinds of meatloaf. And by different kinds, I mean one, but it's not the same one she normally makes. So it's a different kind of meatloaf. Nah. Um, and just different kinds of stuff. She, I, I'm happy that it gave her uh, more time to cook because she's usually a little self conscious about it because she's like, I can't cook. And it's like, no, you're a great cook. Mm. Get out of your head do it you're awesome so yeah. 
It's been a great Get in there, kid. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Sean, you, you and Mary doing anything over there? You and Jake? Uh, we've been... Well, Jake has been cooking us. We got some, like, frozen... Uh, um, what are the stuffed shells? We got some frozen stuffed shells, and, like, Jake mm-hmm. will make them. And they're very... They're not... They're not great, but they get the job done, and Jake gets to do it, and it's fun. Um, we we also Mary has been making uh, her vegetarian chili, but we got like Beyond Beef, but like ground beef, Ooh. and it is so good, guys. Like, do the Beyond would, stuff is legit? I would argue, and I might be wrong, but I would argue that you put this up against like ch- regular chili with like ground beef, and the I don't I think. The taste is so negligible. Wow. You know what I mean? Like the taste difference. Obviously. Firing off scorchers today. Final Fantasy VII sucks. Borat sucks. Beyond Beef is the same as meat. This is is not, I'm not going to say across the board, like the fake meats, but Beyond beyond Ground Beef is so close to real ground beef. I pr- I prefer um, Beyond Sausage over regular sausage. It is so good. It is. So good. Like I, I made, I, I bought a couple of uh, Italian sausages because Wegmans was out of chicken when I went there, so I just bought sausage instead. I was like, you know what, I can make this last, and I like, I, I fried up a few on my grill pan, and I was just like, I don't like this. I don't like sausage. I don't like, <laughs> oh, I don't wow. like sweet Italian sausage. Like, but I really liked the the Beyond uh, sausage that I used when I made. Uh, uh, a vegan form of uh, Zuppa Toscana, which is a soup from uh, Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be- yeah, I'm telling you guys, Beyond Meat, it, I'm, it's just dope. It's so good. <laughs> no, I, I don't disagree. It is I, I quite would be good. having a much more difficult time being a vegetarian if I didn't have that. I will say, <laughs> if I if that didn't exist, it would be much more difficult because I would definitely be like, oh, I need fucking chicken wings. But when you got those sausages, are so goddamn good. <laughs> it's stupid. Damn, man. Are you... uh, Rich, what do we got next? Our next question is, what words do you hate? Smegma. <laughs> Whoa! Really? I don't know. Why? Too many. Too many consonants, I think. The consonant to... Uh, I also hate Polish last names. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to follow up with. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I think I just don't like the concept of it. I don't really hate the word. It sounds fine. I can't think of any <laughs> words I don't like. It, I feel like hating a word is just a waste of time. Yeah. It's, it's our language. They're words. They mean things. Why can you hate... Like, I can hate the thing, but I'm not going to hate the word. Yeah, like, I've never understood the uh, the disgust or distaste for the word moist. moist. You know, I was about to, I was, it was a matter of time before somebody said <laughs> mentioned this when we talk about words that people hate. Moist. I think because it sounds like, it's, it's like an onomatopoeia, but with a feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, it sounds moist. like it feels... Yeah, like you throw a cake against a wall and it goes moist. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like one of like my my sister's fiance. Um, if we're having cake, he number one doesn't like cake, which is weird, and will only eat cupcakes. But number two, if you say this cake is so moist, he gets skeeved out and like shudders. He hates mm. moist. 
Hmm. I'm like, I, why? I don't get it. Ain't nobody got time for that. Hmm. <laughs> Talking about like words that reference like how short something is. Like I, I've heard this on uh, both podcasts and when reading about like different media websites and and the direction people go in when you know websites or content creators are talking about like pivoting to video or something like that um snackable as far as snackable content uh the word snackable drives me fucking insane uh so uh anything or bite-sized like any, anything along those lines that alludes to like oh we're just gonna have snackable bite-sized content like it just it I, for for reasons other than the word itself bothering me just the context behind it uh makes me mad no matter what no matter what you're talking about yeah i can get that I hate That's the word. Mean. I hate the word fecundity. What does fecundity mean? <laughs> so fecundity, I had to look it up because I had forgotten. It's the ability to produce an abundance of offspring or new growth. Hmm. So like, I've, I've only ever seen the word once. Yeah. So, so like, fecundity. Uh, so like a dandy a dandelion would be fecund <laughs> because it has wow. so many little seeds. But I don't like the word. Because I was in linguistics in college. I was in a linguistics class. And a guy was... I forget what we were doing. I think we were doing... We were just doing kind of like sentence diagramming, but with um, the phonetic alphabet. And so the teacher was like, somebody think of a word, just a random word. And some asshole behind me goes, mm, fecundity. And I'm like, you did not just fucking think of that off the top of your dome. I still hate that kid. I, and I, I, I only know him as fecundity. I don't know what his real name was. I don't remember what he looks like. I just remember that moment and being like, yo, fuck this dude behind me. Straight up. There's no way he said first word and you didn't think like, I don't know, telephone, cat. Like it was fecundity. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> And somebody who got their Wikipedia word of the day email that morning. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm going to try this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, perfunctory. Shut up. <laughs> uh, any any other words that piss you off? Well, I, I went over this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Finna. Hate it. Hate it so much. I love it. Let's begin to plant your flag in this one, huh? Uh, yeah. Richie, is this your, is this your yeet? Uh, you know, yes, it, it is. Yeet? Yeah, but I'm probably because I've hated Finna for years. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> I'm not good. Finna's been around for a long time. It has, Accurate. and I'm and I'm probably not going to change my stance on it. Mm-hmm. Just I, say gonna. It's not, it's, not, <laughs> not <to say laughs> it's not a word, but on that subject, since you brought it up, the, the slang and everything, the the one piece of internet slang or just general slang that that has bothered me is uh, when when uh, people say miss me with that. Uh, miss me with this. Uh, what, what it seems to be is like, especially that, that strikes me as it's, I don't know the history of, of the phrase miss me with that, but my guess is that it comes from a, a, a demographic that is not shared, that is not shared by the group of people that currently uses it. Uh, and uh, my response to that is when you say miss me with that, I'm hearing I'm a poser. I'm a poser. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're Screaming right. at the top of your lungs. I'm a poser. <laughs> Yeah. So, and I'm there sure you, you go. Here you go. I'm a poser. Uh, <laughs> miss uh, me with the COVID. <laughs> miss me with the COVID. Uh, Rich, what's our next question? I was trying to segue using the word poser into the next question, and I couldn't because guess what time it is, guys? Oh, is it? It is the road show time. So we all got an email with addendum one in it. Go ahead and open that up. Oh, yeah. We will discuss it, and then we have to figure out a uh, what we think the object, what we think what the name the of the object is. What the actual fuck? 
So this is All a right. hideous bark claw, uh, is what we're looking at here. Oh, so you gotta God. zoom into that. That is, I actually like that thing a lot. It looks really cool. Um, so at least a couple of those are bird beaks. Mm. Yeah, they could mm. be, but we yeah we have what is it? It look. Matt said it, it looked like bark. Uh, yeah, yeah. It looks like you took a big claw. ice cream cone, put a knot like a of mace? tree bark on it, and then had like nine. That was too many. Eight weird fucking bird beaks sticking out of the bark. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's like it's like Superman pushed a bunch of birds together, and this is what <laughs> happened. It's like the first draft of a mace. What's the yeah. opposite? <laughs> what? What's the opposite of that phobia of holes and things? Because this is that. Oh, the opposite oh, of trichophobia. Yeah, it's this is this is triggering that for me. <laughs> so, so what do we think this this uh, this monstrosity is? Like function. Uh, it, I think it it's it a looks... primitive mace. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. That was my first instinct. It looks to me like a, a like the head of a staff or a cane of sorts. Um. Okay. Like maybe it like I don't really know if maesters were an actual thing, but like some higher up kingdoms like like head of intelligence person would be walking around with this thing. Maybe. I mm. think it is a sculpture with a bunch of bird heads on it that has just through through time kind of worn down. So I think there is uh like it was painted at one point, but it's just kind of worn off because it's old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like a, probably a prop from a movie. Mm. I think this is legit, but I don't. I couldn't tell you like what region of the world, what time, mm. you know, anything like that. I think this is legit. I don't think it's from a movie. I think it is a weapon. Um, it might be a ceremonial looking weapon, maybe uh, like a staff, as you as you're talking about, Rich. But I think it is a weapon of some sort. Um, as far as value. Uh, seventy five hundred. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna go in around ten. Ten uh, grand. I'm gonna go two five. Oh, okay. Mm. So the highest we had was ten. Then I'll go yeah. fifteen. Mm. I guess I was gonna say three thousand, but that's like snuggling up to Tim. So I'll go fifteen. I'll just kind of <laughs> blow past. I'll snug it up to Tim. I mean, yeah. you can snug up to me. That's all right. Mm. Yeah, get all nice and close. So uh, we do have a script from a here. socially appropriate distance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Get, get nice and snugged up from six feet away. <laughs> exactly six feet away from you. <laughs> no more, no less. Uh, so who wants to do the script? Because we do have uh, a a script, a transcript from the appraisal. Uh, who wants to be part of the Brose players this week? Uh, Tim, why don't you be somebody since you're not reading this week? I'll do the other okay. one. Uh, I'll be the appraiser. I feel like I was a smart ass guest last time. Okay, That's I'll be correct. I'll be the guest. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> All right, so uh, Sean's yeah. the uh, guest, Tim's the appraiser, and action. It's an American Indian, probably from the Northeast Root Club. And you're right. They are Penobscot. They're from Maine. It's definitely mid-19th century, but they're famous for doing these bizarre ends from the roots. Sometimes it's human faces, sometimes it's animals. Any idea of the price? Years ago, I had an estimate of fifteen hundred. Right. Um, I think this one would definitely reach the sort of two thousand to twenty five hundred range. Okay. <laughs> That's great. 
It's a fabulous object. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it in. <laughs> you can tell that, uh, that the, uh, the crew behind the scenes here at the Brose Podcast is losing faith in our ability to get through these long scripts. <laughs> This pick but like also, the I think it was just it. like this is a cool, this is cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, dude, cool club. It, is, it is, is a cool club. So, yeah, I guess it was made to look like birds, but it's roots from a tree. Cool. Two thousand to twenty five hundred. So that was uh, Tim. Timmy. Yeah, yeah, I did it. He did but, it dead on. Yeah, when, nailed I, it. when I saw the start of the sentence, when it's just like right comma um, I figured it was going to be real low, and then I finished the sentence. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. Uh, this is going to be like right? a nickel. This is like a dollar. Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, just took a pour. Everybody who was not Tim, take a drink. Yep. <sighs> Good stuff. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Tim. Excellent Congrats. work on the script. Uh, uh And Rich, uh, do we have any more questions? Yes, we've got one more. All right. Uh, favorite running gag on any show or movie? This is submitted by Molly Craig. This is a good question. Well, I like it on the Brose podcast when Matt goes, that's just how it is at the end of any question. Um, long running, one week long gag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, we got some good recurring bits here on this show. Um, anything outside of Brose that you guys enjoy <laughs> as a recurring gag? I think my my the first one that popped into my head is from Letterkenny when somebody says, um, oh, "Fuck, I forgot what it was." Oh, good. How how, how you doing? Good and you? Not so no, bad. No, <laughs> not that one. The one where it's uh um oh, fuck. It's not even the Austrian and allegedly uh fuck. All right, skip me because I am <laughs> having a major brain fart. <laughs> I was so excited, and then I dropped the ball. <laughs> this is really it happens a, to the best of us, Tim. A really dumb bit, but uh, it, not not particularly crave or anything like that. But it's actually on the um, the WIP afternoon show. Uh, they do a quiz called "Beat the Hammer." One of the co-hosts of the show is uh, uh, Joe the Hammer to Camera, and uh, they do a, a trivia show, they do a trivia game every week, and the goal is for people to call in and beat them in this trivia game. And the way they do it is they have one person go, they have the, the caller go answer the questions, and then they bring Joe in from a soundproof booth to answer. And uh, every time he comes in, he starts asking the producer, yeah, how'd the other guy do? And he never, the, you know, the producer never tells him how well the other person did, but he goes in and asks every time. He's like, yeah, so uh, how this, uh, this, this Phil from Maniac, how'd he do? He's like, uh, clock starts at 55 seconds. Yeah, but, but how, how'd the guy do? How'd, how'd he do? <laughs> and like, it, it, it involves no effort whatsoever, but it's it's very stupid and I really like it a lot. It just makes me chuckle every single time because they come up with a funnier <laughs> way of, of doing it every single week. Would nice. would uh, the Robin Sparkle stuff from How I Met Your Mother be considered a running gag? Maybe. I, I didn't watch it show enough, but I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it I don't was, know how it was long a, running it is. It was, a, it was a returning thing, but like, they brought it up probably once or once every season after they introduced it. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm um, fine. I'm I'm not here to say no. <laughs> yeah, I, I that that's probably one of the few that I can think of. I'm not really. I don't. I love a running gag, but I never remember them until they happen. Mm. So like, if if they continue to do like besides the the normal the office James staring at the camera type of thing like. Like, yeah. I don't really recognize it. Then it happens like, oh, because they brought that back. Or, oh, they keep doing that. And I, I love them. I just can never remember. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all my favorites are like radio shows or podcasts where they bring up the same thing over and over again. Um, like the the Sixers podcast, I listened to the rights to Ricky Sanchez had a bit going where um, this guy Paul Millsap, who's like a, a pretty good NBA player, um, but one of the co-hosts of the show didn't understand why everybody loved him so much. He's like he's like barely above average, and uh, then he came up with a bit just called "Who is Paul Millsap?" And uh, every time <laughs> we would bring him up on the show, like, oh, Paul Millsap's about to be on the All Star team. He's like, wait, who, who's about to be on the All Star team? I never heard of the player before. <laughs> That, that's that's the stuff that gets me because you can see it coming from a mile away and I'm like, yeah, it's still funny. <laughs> Do you have a, a, recur- a favorite recurring gag or bit? Uh, yes. So I very much like everyone being mean to Jerry, etc. on <laughs> Parks and Rec. I think that's very funny. Uh, yeah. I, and I also, I was like, because I couldn't think of anything. That one popped into my head. But also on BoJack Horseman, for some reason, he hates Honeydew. And I just think that's very funny. Like it's just like every fruit, but now every, to hate. every fruit salad <laughs> comes with honeydew. He's like, ah, oh, honeydew, but he, it's it's just like so stupid, and yeah. I just think it's it is just it's it's exactly that kind of it's dumb, but you keep coming up and you love it. It's like a warm blanket of a stupid joke. I love it. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Uh, a similar vein. I, I just remember the um uh, from the Big Lebowski. Every time they just be like, "Yo, shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your element." <laughs> <laughs> they did like 50 times in the movie. Anytime, uh, uh, was it C. Bashemi's character talked? Mm-hmm. Like, like that a lot. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. Shut the fuck <laughs> up, Donnie. You're out of your element. Uh, so I, I, I've had to text Martha because my brain was just not fucking with it today. Yeah. Uh, but like somewhere early in the first season, somebody says, to be fair, and they're like, that's, that's just like, sounds so proper. Yeah. To be fair. And then like, as, as, yeah, they like, build a cord and then Wayne just like they all hold it out and then Wayne just cuts it off and then the con- conversation continues as normal and it's just like every time it pops up it's just fucking great <laughs> and for the Christmas episode they give it like a Christmas jingle when they do it and then close it and then as if nothing happened continue talking it's so good that that show is A plus everyone should watch Letterkenny I think Absolutely, I keep I keep seeing it uh, promoted whenever I go onto Hulu. I have to I have to finally check it out. It is it it, it took me a really long time because it seems like something I wouldn't like, but it is genuinely so good. It's so funny. I think <laughs> I think my favorite part about it is that a lot of humor tends to be like shitting on somebody or calling people terrible people or like really fucked up jokes. And this is it's just gen. The main character is one of the most stand up people you will ever fucking meet. And like anytime he fucks up, he's like, more or less, he owns it. He's like, yeah, that's bad. Don't do that. Be a good human being. The entire show is be a good person. Yeah. Except except for the skids. And but there's even, literally even the skids, the fa- the whole town gets behind the skids when they need help. It's so wholesome. I think that's it's what so I cool. like about the show. It's a wholesome show. Like on it, like you know, like people are fucking and whatever. But like it is just like it is just the idea of like an idyllic country town where everyone genuinely cares about each other. Like people don't get along, but they're all in it together. And that's, or, it's so nice. Or like, even when they're hating on each other, it's like, I mean, we can hate on each other because we're from the same town, but like, exactly. fuck you, you're from the city. Get the fuck out of here. We're yeah, it's, it's, shit a, it's, it's like a family. And I really like that. I do like that very much. It's awesome. Good stuff. Let's check yeah. the show out. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on this or uh, are we, we good to, to wrap this bad boy up? We can wrap. Put a bow on this. Yeah. <laughs> put a pin in it. It's done. Put a that's, pin. Uh, that's the way it goes. Yeah. And you know what are you gonna do? 
yeah. I mean, listen, honestly, I mean, what can you say? So, <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, do anybody have a take? I do have mm-hmm. a take, but I, I don't want to get everybody. Uh, it's, it's, I, I feel like I should save this take for next. For Are you going to be time. riling us up? Is that what's happening? <laughs> it's, it, you're not going to be happy with my take. Okay. You're going to be pleased with me. I did give several takes throughout the course of the show. Yeah, you, you, I, yeah, you had some scorchers. I can, I can, I can, I can uh, give a give a give a fun little take. Please right. do. It's a new episode right. of the Sweeten Show. He's got a hot take. Wee 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 wee. What are you? What are you? The Putty Patrol from, from yeah. Power? <laughs> the Putty Patrol, Dragon Force, Tomato, Tomato. Whatever. Pretty I'm, much looking up the, I'm editing this one. I'm not looking up the Dragon Force song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we already we already spoke about it earlier in the episode. How we've been like doing some cooking and such because we're all under quarantine. And uh, I have I have a uh, a bone to pick with all the recipes I see. Stop telling me how much goddamn garlic to put in my dish. <laughs> if I want to put six cloves of garlic in my dish because I love garlic, I'm going to put six cloves of garlic in my dish. Don't let anybody dictate to you the amount of garlic <laughs> you should be taking. Okay? Mm. Garlic is a fantastic ingredient in everything. Minus maybe cereal. But <laughs> please, just enjoy your garlic. Especially like the scent that it leaves on your fingers after you're done chopping it, it's so good. I, mm. I honestly think in every recipe with garlic, there should be like a parentheses like suggestion. You know what I mean? Like two, two cloves of garlic as a suggestion for like normies. Because I Richie and I are both Philly Italian. So like mm. when, when I see two cloves of garlic, I will put in like seven. And that's not... That's that's not really an exaggeration because I'm like I'll I'll make it with two the I, first time and then I'll be very disappointed because I'm like what what the hell this is supposed to be like garlic chicken what the shit or like mm. this is supposed to be fettuccine alfredo I can't even taste the gosh dang yeah. garlic you know what I mean yeah. I I made I made a garlic ginger chicken a couple weeks ago and it was like eight cloves of garlic and I chop up the eight cloves and I'm making it in a whole roasted chicken I'm like. This isn't enough. And I yeah. pop open my second head of garlic that I bought when I went food shopping that day to chop up like three more. No. And I have everything I do has garlic in it. <laughs> I, I was upset. It's a great take. I, yeah, it, it, it's it's the perfect take. You you need garlic in your life. Mm, it's really good for best. you. The um yep. what's it, the Allison? Yeah, if you, if you if you if you crush it, if you if you chop mm-hmm. it, you don't really get as much Allison, but if you crush the garlic before you chop. You get some some Allison, and and it's really good for you. So, uh, love that garlic. Let's get rid of the stigma of garlic breath, because you know what? The garlic should be in everything. Hey, garlic breath just means you enjoyed your dinner. Exactly. (laughs) And haters are just jealous that your food was better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more garlic, more onions, all that shit. Yes. Um, 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 um. Great take. (laughs) Uh, you, you mentioned that the recipe is only calling for a limited amount of garlic. The only the only recipe related uh, follow up I have on that is uh, is more of an uh, I'll sneak in my own take on this. I don't need three paragraphs, three to eight <laughs> paragraphs of you explaining uh, how you came up with this. Like while uh. your spouse was sitting on the couch, like this is something. Like you know, I have I'm a working parent. 
and I have three kids at home, including my husband. <laughs> so we came up with this bok choy recipe, and it's just like the history of bok choy, like what you know how your grandmother was named after bok choy, and so this recipe means a ton to you. Like ninety-five graphs later, you finally get to the part where you're like, oh, you actually need, you know two pounds of turmeric to make this recipe or something. So like, yeah. like we, we I learned your life story. Just give me the fucking recipe. I learned this that, recipe from my dad. He lost, he only had three fingers. It was a war injury. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the recipe there, calls like, for one just, finger. Yeah. That's why a majority, of, recipe. <laughs> a majority of the recipes I do get are yeah. from Bon Appetit because they, they don't do that. They are a cooking magazine and they are a recipe magazine. So, well, recipes.com as well. But yeah, I, I don't need any more of that in my life The uh, from yeah. your personal blog, you know. Yeah. Like, I just want to know how long to cook the tuna melt, please. Yeah. I don't need to know about the diner down the street from you where you met your wife. Yeah. And they had a killer tuna melt, which inspired this recipe. Yeah, no. It's like an open-faced Reuben, and the first paragraph is, The Great Depression. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is like, I understand, this take... This steak has been rehashed so many times. Everyone's yeah. over, but it's. It, I, I understand that it's a numbers game for them. You know, you when you're showing your analytics, you can be like, "Look how long people are spending." All of that time is a lie. You should, yeah. at least thirty three percent of that get out of here. It's just people searching for the goddamn recipe. Yeah. So, so I mean, to, to, to you know, carjack your take there, Rich. I, it's, it just reminded me of that when you mentioned the recipe thing. But yeah. I, the garlic take is more garlic, fantastic. Less yeah. anecdotal so, recipes. Yeah. So to, yeah. To sum up, no more anecdotal recipes, and uh, you know how they say salt to taste? Well, garlic mm-hmm. to taste as mm-hmm. well. If, if you wanted to replace your intro with your life story with 95 paragraphs of you just saying the word garlic over and over and over again, I'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Garlic, garlic, garlic. Garlic, garlic, garlic. Uh, mm-hmm. Rich, if they want to garlic your garlic, where can they find you on Twitter? At garlic, garlic, at garlic, garlic, garlic. <laughs> At B underscore walnuts. Uh, how about you, Sean? You can find me at Hey, it's garlic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, it's garlic. Listen, uh, if you don't know my Twitter by now, it's been eighty-five episodes. Fuck you. Yeah, that, wow. <laughs> don't find me. <laughs> so adversarial this episode. Uh, Tim, what about you? At Timar Garlic. Timar Garlic. <laughs> you can find me at M Garlic. That's M G A R L I C. <laughs> The podcast is available at brose underscore garlic on Twitter uh, and or on Facebook at brose garlic. And if you have a question for the show, I'm going to be serious about this part because it's important that we get questions uh, from true. you, the listener. Uh, email at the brose questions <laughs> at gmail.com. That's brose questions at gmail.com. You can listen to our show anywhere fine podcasts are bought and sold, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and tune in. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, Shannon Vogel for designing our world famous garlic logo uh you can uh, look at her you can you can view her work uh view her wares at shannon vogel photography on facebook and on etsy.com and our theme music is when by steven siebert and you can listen to that work at the free music archive uh rich how is your other podcast doing uh we don't talk about garlic nearly enough as we should so uh, waste of time is, is what you're saying pretty much <laughs> it is uh pod quest it's a uh, nerdy round uh nerdy round table uh, where we just talk about the news and stuff of this week, just recently today, as w- as we were recording. Actually, yeah, we they released a video about Ghost of Tsushima, Sh- which we will be talking about that in uh, probably length in podcast this week. 
Good stuff. Um, I do co-host the Keystone Coast to Coast podcast with my colleague Eddie Provident. Uh, we do t- we discuss uh, Pennsylvania sports. Um, unfortunately, Eddie uh, works at UPMC uh, in their IT department out in Pittsburgh, and unfortunately, they've been logging a ton of hours the last couple of weeks on account of the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, uh, trying to get their systems locked up. So. Uh, I haven't been able to record a new episode lately, but we do have two that were released within the last month and a half, uh, and they're evergreen uh, because we talk about uh, we we catch up on life. We talk about our favorite uh, baseball player. We talk about our favorite favorite uh, football players and favorite hockey players of all time from every team. Uh, we will hopefully get back into the studio sometime soon, but uh, but uh, please go listen to them. It's a good show, quality program, if I do say so myself. Say goodbye to the listeners, everyone. Wait, wait, I've got a plug. Oh yeah, that's right. you do have a plug. Timmy, <laughs> get in there with your plug. Uh, so a good friend of mine got me involved with a uh, fundraiser that's going to be going on. It's called Getting Saucy with Parker B. Uh, it's raising funds for TSC research, which stands for tuberous sclerosis complex. I hope I said that right. It's a more or less no tuberous, as in like a tuber. Okay. Uh, sclerosis complex, more or less different cells in the body just don't know when to stop growing. It's probably the mm-hmm. easiest way to describe it. And the hardest part about this kind of, uh, uh, of disease is that it's, it's, it's a rare, it's, it's a rare genetic disease. Doesn't come up a whole lot of non-research and a whole lot of, you don't know how bad it's going to be until it blows up in your face. And you don't know where it's going to be. So it's not like, oh, it's always going to be in the heart. Or, oh, it's always going to be here. Uh, So this is actually coming a little closer to home. Uh, A good friend of mine, Dave Hendrickson, uh, one of his friends, his son has this. uh, So he started this whole thing. So this started in early May. More or less, uh, his original fundraiser got tabled because of COVID. So now we're doing more or less Hot One style torture and donation fundraising. But oh. Dave and I are going to be streaming next Friday. Well, g- let me get a date because next Friday is uh, relative. It'll be next Friday. Yeah, it will be. It'll be, it'll be three this, days from the day this episode drops. Yeah, so Friday, May 22nd we, at 7 p.m., we will be streaming our tasting of a variety of wings. Uh, most teams are doing 10, but we're doing 11 because we're being sponsored by uh, PJ Wellhands, and they're throwing an extra sauce in there to make us That's cry awesome. a little bit more. Uh, so I'll post I'll I'll post additional information up on uh, my Twitter and on my Facebook if you happen to be friends with me if I haven't annoyed you about it already. Uh, the original goal this this all started in May. The original goal was twenty thousand dollars, and as of right now, we've actually smashed that goal. We've only done two or three streams so far, and we've smashed that twenty thousand dollar goal. Uh, and we are looking to push on to thirty thousand. We're not even halfway through this, and we're just killing it but if you can hop in even if you can't donate watch spread the word watch me and dave make fools of ourselves and hopefully not vomit from hot sauce uh yeah that's what i got awesome, oh yeah man. absolutely fantastic oh, yeah. cause uh and, and again we, we have we hold the contra- we hold the very controversial um pro charity uh position here on the birthday <laughs> podcast uh especially for for a fantastic cause like this for tsc research so uh so yeah watch that stream on on friday May 22nd. Good stuff, Tim. Excellent work out of you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I did you it. Plug- yeah, you had to plug something. <laughs> Feeling good? Your thoughts? Plugging things is usually a great feeling. You just got to know where you're putting it. 
Right at the end. Right at the end. (laughs) Right in the old end. Uh, Everybody, say goodbye to the listeners. Bye. Bye. For Tim Garlic, Rich Garlic, Sean O'Garlic, and the entire Action Garlic team. (laughs) My name is Maddie McGarlic, reminding you to be smart about being garlic. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, so dumb. All right, I'm gonna stop. Recording.